Hello, hello, and welcome to the Burrito Kind of Guy podcast, episode number 14. Yeah. This week, my guests are Catbite. Um, more specifically, it is Tim and Brittany from the band Catbite. You don't know Catbite? Catbite is a ska band that kicks ass. They are from Philly, and they're pretty new. They're a pretty new band. They started the band in 2018. Uh, I was glad to have a ska band for once at this podcast uh, because, as you may or may not know, I'm a I'm a big fan of ska, or, or at least I was a fan of ska. Anyway, um, I had a really nice conversation with them. Uh, it's cool to have people play different kinds, different genres of, of music uh, to talk about their songwriting process. So uh, yeah, we talk about creativity, we talk about cats, we talk about dogs, we talk about songwriting. Yeah. Um, and there's no sponsor this week, so uh, please uh, check out Catbite if you're into ska music. And if you're not into ska music, please check them out because they're amazing. Uh, and there's a four, uh, there's a new wave of ska music in case you don't know. There's, it's the fourth wave, so uh, I don't know. I'm not a ska professional. I'd have to invite some uh, specialist. Is that how you call it? Specialist of ska music? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to talk about. Uh, all the different waves of ska music. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll stop uh, talking about um, all of that and uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, maybe just check out Lost Love album. It's coming out in four days on October 15th. It's called Empathy and it kicks ass. There's no ska song in it, but maybe there will be a ska song in Lost Love in the future. Who knows? I do. Anyway, enjoy this podcast. And I'll see you next week, 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 week. What's up? Good, uh, good to finally uh, meet you and see you. I know. Yeah, so sorry about like all the. It's been fucking busy. <laughs> it's I totally crazy. understand that. It's cool. Yeah. I have the same flag, but I don't like. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> as soon as Jeff like posted that for sale, I was like. <laughs> instantly it's like there's not a better flag in the world <laughs> oh yeah every time every time people come to my place and they see this flag and they don't know about jeff they're like wait what the fuck is that 666 <laughs> and then they see like the pride uh, flag and, and then the weed, the weed. They're like that's probably the best flag ever <laughs> i know <laughs> and that's like i think that's their banner too like at yeah. uh, the jeff live shows which is fucking sick <laughs> awesome it's good it's good to have you both here yeah can you tell me your names and, and tell me where you were born and when you were born? Okay, um, I'll start. My name is Brittany. Um, I was born in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, uh, January 25th, <laughs> um, 1992. I guess we'll put that out there too. Um, I think it was like because I've asked my mom so many times so I can like do like horoscope charts it was like 6 50 at, at night 6 50 p.m oh nice <laughs> yeah all, shit I forgot mine I love that <laughs> uh and then I, I'm Tim Hildebrand uh I was born in San Antonio Texas Ooh. uh and on March 28 1991 and I think it was like 12 40 p.m. I want to. I, I I just asked my mom for the I, same I reason. <laughs> you're, you're you're the first people that tell me the the exact hour. I love it. Yeah. You're also you're also the first. Uh, I had two people at the same time before, but you're also your first ska band, and uh, I I love this because 
most of the people that I had on this podcast, they had a scoben before. Right. And, and now they're into something different, but mm-hmm. you're in a scoben right now, and I and I fucking love it. I kind of wish yeah. I had a scoben right now. <laughs> it's all the heat right now. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to be a scoben. So, so Tim, did did you grow up in Texas or no? You- not at all. Uh, I moved I moved out of Texas when I was less than one. Uh, I moved up to Northwest Pennsylvania and was there for about ten years. My dad stills up there, and then I kind of uh, for my most of the, my like you know growing up, I was in like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then moved to Philly after I graduated high school and have been here since. Okay. So. I, tell me, like uh, the both of you, when did you start to play music? Um, I've been um, singing since I was really, really young. My dad was always like trying to get my brother and I to write songs because he was a singer. He's from Peru and he had a band there. And then he came to, you know, America and he had like his like little, you know, career, um, in in california um for a little bit but so he was always like trying to get us really interested in in music so i started singing like with my dad at at, like the mall or at like um assisted living homes you know to like help the old people be happy that's (laughs) Um, so cool yeah uh probably when i was like five or six so like very young was it something you enjoyed back then or like it was it was something that I did really enjoy but then my dad was like pushing me so much to like continue it I was like ah, I don't want to do this anymore but that was for like a very small blip in time I, I think I was like I want to be a veterinarian because I also really love animals and then that went away and I continued with music <laughs> um yeah and then for me I guess, well, I started as a musician. Um, my music debut was breaking a world record for being in the world's largest orchestra in uh, Pittsburgh when I was like five. I played the kazoo. They had the um, the Pittsburgh Symphony. It was at the, uh, the hockey arena in Pittsburgh. And they had like the Pittsburgh Symphony and then like probably a hundred different like school bands and stuff all together there and then they just like kind of casted a bunch of kids we went to this audition at a mall and my mom taught brought me there and I auditioned for kazoo when I was like five and (laughs) actually I think in the audition I played triangle but then they switched it up at at the actual thing and I played kazoo or maybe it was vice versa I I think it's an upgrade yeah it was one of those but that was that was my first uh music thing and then um when I was like in fifth grade, I started playing drums in like band and I like, I was all right at it. I kind of hated it. I never really wanted to be, I don't know. I like wanted to be a musician, but like I wasn't good. And then I, I started playing guitar when I was 18. And then that's, I learned guitar to be in this band in my high school. Cause I was friends with them and I, they needed a new rhythm guitar player and I wanted to be it, but I didn't know how to play guitar. So I just, I happened to get grounded at a point when I was 17 and then I just learned how to play guitar when I was grounded. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. Nice. And uh, so what, what was the first bands that you had? What, what kind of music was that band that you wanted to join when you were? Uh, it's actually, uh, it was a Scott punk band. Uh, it was, uh, we were called the snails. Um, the band started back in um, 2000, like six or something when I was, when me, uh, me, it was like we were all in the same uh, same grade and we were all in like eighth grade and they, or ninth grade and they were all friends of mine and I was just kind of like their 
like manager kind of, even though I didn't really do shit. Um, I feel like I've heard of that band before. We, like we've, we played Pooza um, once. Uh, I want to, I was in that band for about nine years. Um, okay. Yeah. So from 2009 until like nine years after that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was just, we, we started off kind of like a Scott punky like it was a kind of a mix of like the clash and like rancid and like the white stripes kind of thing like bluesy ska punk and then we kind of evolved um we became the backing band for uh king Django, who's like a notorious like uh, he was in the stubborn all-stars and skinner box and murphy's law and stuff like that and he's just kind of he kind of put us through the king Django ska boot camp where he like to be in his backing band you need to like learn how to play like jamaican ska like traditional as fuck and like after doing that we backed him on like two different tours with the snails opening and we kind of just learned so much about and like really fell in love with like playing ska in a more traditional like 1960s style and rocksteady and stuff and the band kind of went away from the ska punky thing to like being a traditional like straight up like trying to mimic that like 1960s jamaican sound and then it kind of evolved into a like weird garage rock thing and then i'm like all right peace and left, left the band <laughs> i mean i love garage rock but i was like they were great they were great but it was, it was different yeah it was a great band i was just like we we had such a great relationship with the ska scene and then it was like everyone in the band was like eh, i'm over it and then like kind of was like I'm like, wait, what? This is all of our fans. Like, we, we've established ourselves in the ska scene. They're like, nah, we want to... Because, like, ska is, like, was, de- was, like, dead in Philly. Like, it was, it was you know, this was, like, four, three and a half years ago. And, like, we just weren't... No one gave a fuck about us in Philly. And, like, kind of the garage rocky, like, indie mm-hmm. scene is huge. And I think they just kind of wanted to, like, morph in that. And it was just a train wreck. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you play shows with uh, the Beatdown, or is yeah, that? Uh, yeah. Um, so actually, I think the Snails played with them. I definitely played some shows with them when I was uh, I was in this guy Sammy K. Um, I was in his band, and he actually had the Beatdown um, as his backing band for a couple shows or a tour. Okay, and cool. at one point, we played with them at Asbury Lanes in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey. They're sick. I love I love that band. Cool. <laughs> They're really cool. Uh, what about Brit? Did you uh, have other bands before? Um, so I also didn't. I wasn't in any bands like growing up. Um, I didn't really join a band till I started going to school for music. So like like in elementary and high school, like none of my like best friends were that none of them were like into music like I was. So no, no one ever wanted to start a band with me um, and no one ever played instruments. So I didn't join a band till I started, um, I guess it was at like the state college in Orlando. Um, and I joined this funk soul band with this guy. Basically it was his band and he had like, um, it was mostly the same players, but sometimes the players would, you know, fill in and out, but his name was Evan Taylor Jones, his funk, like funk soul, really, really good, really good stuff. But we, we mostly ever played like in Florida, um, very local. Sometimes we'd go down to South Florida, but it was never like, we never traveled with that band. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was a good time. It was like the first time I'd ever been in a band and I, I just sang backup and, um, 
there was like I don't know like maybe nine of us in the band so it was a lot of people but it was really fun and it was a good time and I got the like you know I was bit I mean I always wanted to be like in a band and I always wanted to front a band and I always really wanted to tour so that's like been a lifelong dream of mine so being in that band was definitely like hell yeah like I want to continue this I want to keep doing this forever yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice and and you formed um, Catbite in what 2018? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2018. Was mm-hmm. like, were you, was like, were you two together before joining before starting the band? How how did that how did that begin? Like the whole like um, the start of the band? Yeah, well we we've been dating for a couple of years at this point, and like uh, I had like she was still in school for uh, music, and then. Um, I basically I quit my old band the snails and it was just like because I was just sick of that and I just I don't know we just kind of were like I mean I knew she was the best singer I know and I never I don't know we just kind of started doing like random like kind of open mic type things uh, like coffee house type things just like doing acoustic and singing it was always something that we like thought about like kind of like coming together and forming something and and making something musically but I think it just because you were in the snails and I was still like in school like working full-time and doing school full-time so I just like really didn't have any time at all so finally I was done yeah we were able to just kind of like start yeah something and we started by doing just like yeah like the open mic stuff but then also we like did some stuff on like Facebook and just the internet where like I think we we started by doing a little Richard cover and we did it like Scott and I was playing the guitar and tambourine with my foot and she was playing the keys, like a little hundred dollar Casio and singing as just the two of us. And we just like posted it online and like got a really good like reaction. Like, you know, a lot of people, especially cause like, you know, everyone I'm friends with on the internet is like from like the music of Scott scene. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, Ooh, like, and also we, we did get engaged at a ska festival the year that was the year before one? uh supernova Scava. Super Super, yeah because my my old band snails was playing and so for her senior recital we were uh her were, ba- yeah, we were, were her backing, backing band for, for a couple of the songs yeah and we did like a, a rock steady version of valerie which um um who originally does it they're called it's a band called the zootons but it's like most famously known by um amy winehouse she does a cover of it yeah so we did that at our senior recital and then i'm like why don't you do it at this festival and then she comes out on stage i'm like psych you're getting proposed to (laughs) and then we did this song and then she was a mess it was so cool but like also like that i don't know that was kind of like the opening like damn we should be we should start our own ska band Uh like it worked so well um and yeah we just started like doing so like almost a year later at this point is when we started doing the like online covers. And then my good friend at uh, work, Johnny, our original bass player, he's really into ska and stuff. And he just left a long time band as well. And was like, and we're just like, yo, let's just start a ska band, man. Like a cool, like two Tony, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And once the three of us were on board, then we started like writing songs and then we tricked our drummer into being in our band which is oh, cool. Did you trick him? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he he is a very very good drummer, and at at the time when we asked him, 
we really wanted to have like a committed at least like one day a week at least. But he at, at this point, he was in like five bands, like full time in five bands. And he wasn't ready to like, obviously we're friends and he and he wanted to, to do it with us. But we were like, well, we want you to commit to this. And he's like, I can't commit to anything right now. So then we tried out a couple other drummers um, and then Tim booked studio time before we even had a drummer yeah before we had a drummer before we had like songs written so we had so yeah like lit a fire we, we literally convinced him we were actually at supernova scott festival the next year uh-huh. with with chris our drummer and the two of us and we like it was like two days before that we were supposed to be in the studio um and uh, we like got him drunk and we were just like hey so do you think you'll have time like maybe you could just come through like just come to the studio you're good just you'll you'll just figure it out and he literally that morning came to the studio he started he started listening in headphones and writing uh like listening to the demos and writing out like just like quick charts of of the songs and then played it yeah yeah and then we recorded three like i said three songs in one day It was like a selector cover, the Little Richard cover that we did, and then our first original song. We just like recorded all three. We did all three in one day, didn't we? Uh-huh. Shit, That's everything. Crazy. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It, it came out really good, and then we just like put like I put like videos um, together. We had our friend Kay like in there shooting video, and I just like put these videos out on the internet and released them because we also I also booked a show, <laughs> like opening for the fad and joystick like three weeks after that so i like we started just promoting them that way mm-hmm. and then then we convinced chris like oh now you did the, the demos yeah, like, you can you do the show songs. now like you probably should just <laughs> wow. come instead of having someone else relearn yeah. i mean he's literally he's like our best friend so it's not like <laughs> it wasn't that weird it, it wasn't like this total stranger and it's still the same drummer right yeah mm-hmm. and like Amazing. yeah but like once he realized like how serious we were about it um he's like understood that like i don't know because like you know so many people talk about starting a band at, like getting a band actually started is so much work it's like you talk about it you, you like get together you jam you do that like yeah it's just it's so much work to like actually start a band and yeah. once he i don't know he kind of realized like okay you're serious. These songs are cool. This yeah. like this is gonna be a good band, and then the rest is history. <laughs> so speaking of starting the band, what? Why did you call it Cat Bite? <laughs> uh, for some <laughs> reason, I've always wanted to be to start a band called Cat Bite. Like I, I start like like I found like like weird like collages and like artwork that like for Cat Bite that I made like eight nine years ago. Like, just, I, I don't know. I just, like, really like the name for it. And this was, like, before I even, like, wrote music. Because, like, in The Snails, I didn't really write much at all. Um, I was just kind of the rhythm guitar player and the manager. And so, like, once I finally had kind of the confidence or courage to, like, start writing music of my own, which is probably only, like, six years, seven years ago, um, that's when I'm like, all right, this band Catbite, my fictional band in my head, I'm going to just like make these demos. No one's going to hear them ever, but I'm going to put them just like, I need a name for the for the iTunes folder. So I just like all my demos I would ever make or any songs I would write, they're just going to the Catbite folder. Oh, cool. And uh, I was in one other band. Um, we were called the Up Up Ups. It was like a kind of like a 77, like pop, power pop band. Um, and like, I wanted that band to be called 
cat bite and no everyone's like eh that's kind of, that's kind of <laughs> lame I'm like all right just kidding uh and then I yeah I just had to convince you and Johnny really and well there jo- wasn't convincing for me because I was like that name's really cool yeah and Johnny loves cats too yeah. so I was just like can we call it cat bite and I'm like yeah sure and I'm like fuck yeah worked <laughs> out finally have you ever been uh bitten by cats oh yeah uh-huh. I gotta fucking scratch my hand right now it's nice. right there <laughs> yeah cool. not like not like a serious one because if you google cat bite um there's I some nasty not. like yeah if you don't put like <laughs> bands or like yeah, in, or put it like in quote uh quotes because you know like it's one word but like if you just write cat bite you're gonna get some fucked up images it, like because that right. shit it can get really infected and like you well can- yeah oh. cats cats a lot of cats are freaking assholes yeah I and mean, we have three cats, so. But luckily, but they're, they're all cool. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty cool. They, but I know, like my mom's cat is like definitely an asshole, and like he'll like attack my feet when I just walk in the door. So, nice. at least our cats are nice, but a lot of them can really suck. And yeah, I think cat bite is fitting. Derek just our one cat. Derek just walked in because we we're talking about cats. You have a cat <laughs> named Derek. Yeah, we have uh, we have Derek, we have Xena Princess Warrior, and we have Amanda Bynes too. They're wow. all sweet, and then we have our dog Nacho. I love it. Yeah, yeah. We love animals here, <laughs> like a farm. You mentioned that uh, you only uh, gained confidence to write songs just a few years ago. Um, do you remember the first time that you uh, wrote a song? Yeah. Um, at least like for me, like actually, uh, so like the very first song I ever wrote, it never had lyrics. Um, it was like this cool, like kind of like, um, Joyce Mannery type song. And, uh, we actually turned it into a cat bite song that sounds nothing like it. It's mm-hmm. called scratch me up, which was like, um, it was on our first record and, um, I don't know. It, I like never. Yeah, just personally, I never had a lot of confidence for writing songs. And then, uh, I don't know. What, what about I you, mean, Brit? Yeah. When, when did you start writing songs? Um, I started writing songs. I, I mean, I've been writing songs for a while, but I think I started really writing songs. Um, I guess when I was like, probably like 17, 18, and I would like play guitar and kind of just like, I would, I started, I started learning songs like pop, pop songs and covering them and putting that out on YouTube. And that was kind of, cause I, I used to have like really bad stage fright and which is funny to think back on now. Cause I, I mean, obviously I'm like out front and like, you know, giving my all, but like, I used to, I used to get really scared. So like the first time I ever wrote a song, I don't re- really remember the first song I ever wrote. It was probably really terrible, but I used to be so nervous because I just didn't know what people were going to say or like, I also wasn't very confident in like the way I sounded. I didn't really have like my own sound yet. I was just like mimicking, you know? So the first song I wrote, I think I probably put it up on YouTube. So it could possibly still be on YouTube, but, um, but, um, under what name it it was probably, it's probably just Brittany Luna. Um, but I was just like so nervous because I I didn't know, I, I wanted so much for people to like it. And I think at this point now when I write songs, like do I get nervous still? Yes, but like at this point I'm like, if I like this song, I think other people are gonna like it, you know? Yeah. But I'm also, you know, older now and like, I'm more confident in myself and like my abilities and 
I don't know, everybody has to start somewhere, but it is very scary to like be writing your feelings out and then release it, you know, for people to say whether they like it or not. So yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And a lot of people that write music will never, I mean, you know, look at people who literally just write music for a living, but then give their songs out for pe- for other people to perform because they, mm-hmm. they can't deal. But yeah. And like, I don't know, like we, I kind of like, once we started writing songs together, um, I think we just gained a lot of confidence from each other. I mean, it definitely helps. Like we're, you know, we're fucking married now, but like, just like we, the, we started really writing songs, um, she had a class project uh, her senior year of school and it was to write a concept EP. It was like in five songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five songs. And like you procrastinated so fucking hard on uh-huh. it. And it was like, <laughs> it was Friday. It was like a Friday night. And she's like, Oh shit, this is due Monday. It, the whole assignment was to write, arrange, write, arrange, record a five song EP. <laughs> and I'm and like, I'm like, dude, like, what are we going to do? That's and such then, a cool assignment, by the way. That's it was I love sick. This. So it was, my, it was a songwriting class. Yeah. So we just took a bunch of Adderall <laughs> and wrote five songs in like the whole like Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then you went to work Saturday and I just like went and just like did like the music part for it. I don't know. It was, it was we're just really good at like kind of like one person brings like the t- a tiny little idea so that, like and then we start like bouncing it off so it's like if like she brings like some lyrics gives it to me i like I, uh, and then, uh, there's some music or like i'll bring like a hook mm-hmm. i'm like this is all i got and then she'll just like come up with a crazy melody for the lyrics and it's i don't know it's like finishing each other's sentences <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's really cool though like um, <laughs> yeah because like i don't know we both have our um like strengths in songwriting mm-hmm. and they're completely opposite of each other like i'm cool. i'm like for the most part i do a lot of like the hooks and like the the music and then she's just like awesome with like lyrics and just like melodies and stuff like that and, like that's just stuff like I'm not really great at mm-hmm. and like but like as far as like coming up like arrangements and stuff like that because pretty much every cat bite song starts off with just like the two of us kind of you know bringing a little bit and then we kind of piece it together and we'll do like a quick like garage band um demo where it's like trying to figure out like the arrangement and like kind of how it's going to go mm-hmm. and then it's just basically guitar uh, vocals like simple vocals and then like you know uh, like electronic drum beat and then we'll just kind of send that off to um uh chris and ben who's now our our current bass player um we'll just kind of send it to them and then it's like super skeleton of a song yeah all Um, very basic so that nothing is really set in stone until we can like meet up with everybody and everybody everybody has a chance to listen to it and like kind of formulate their own ideas or things that they want to try. So then once we're together, they'll be like, Oh, let's try this. I, I was thinking about this while I was listening to it. And we're like, yeah, let's, let's try it out. Sometimes yeah. things work. Sometimes things don't. But. I mean, usually they work out really good too. Like, yeah, like a ske- like that tiny skeleton after us dicking around with it for like an hour, like that's usually how the songs come together. And like, we, we just have really good chemistry with the, like the four of us, but yeah, it's cool that's awesome you just like answered like three questions that i was gonna ask without me asking them that's amazing (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Um, and and i my question was like so tim you play guitar and uh brit do you play keys like when you when you build up the songs are you just singing or do you also play keys at the same time 
I normally don't play keys. It's, it's definitely like a, a pretty new instrument for me. So it's something that I'm, I'm not quite comfortable with when I'm writing songs, but like, um, if I, if I hear like a melody, then yeah, I'll go to the keys and like, try to like figure something out, but, but then I'll go back to like writing or, or, or thinking about like how I want the song. Um, so yes, in, in, in some sense, yeah, if, if I'm like trying to hear, like if I hear like a note in my head and I, I need to like figure out like a chord or something, yeah. then yeah, I'll go to the keys and figure that out. But, but um, most of the time I'm just like writing and writing and see what comes out and then thinking of a melody or hearing a melody in my head. Yeah. Do you write the melody while do you yeah do you write the melody first and then think about lyrics? Um, some it could be either way. Sometimes I'll just like be doing a, a lot of times I'm like sleeping and then like I'll hear some well like I'll hear like a sound or like a melody in my head and I wake up and I'll I'll like try to record it or it'll be the other way around where I'm like just doing something and I like these like words like a, like things just kind of float through my head and so I'm like oh shit that's pretty good like let me write that down. Um, just like little ideas here and there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, so the first album came out in 2019 and this year, uh, Nice One, the second album came out. What's the difference between the two albums in terms of songwriting? Like, because you mentioned that you kind of hurried up. Maybe it was not for the, the first album, but the first songs that you recorded. But did you, what's the difference uh, you would say in terms of songwriting at least? I think for for the second album, nice one. It's it's very much um, us being more confident, us being like knowing exactly. I mean, not exactly, but like having a much better understanding of of who we are as a band and like where everybody um, where everybody like fits in best because we all have like our strengths and uh, and and it, and it works out really well because we all are so strong and different parts of songwriting I think so that now we like kind of know where everybody's going to come in um so I think every song was like written really well um and so, like I think we just were like all around more confident in like the cat bite sound for this second album um whereas the first one obviously like we knew what sound we wanted to go for but it just you know it's our first album and like We, we never like thought of Catbite being like this huge band. We just, you know, we, we made this music because we really enjoyed it um, and just wanted to put it out for people to hear. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a lot of, a lot more planning went into this one, even though like we wrote, <laughs> we literally wrote, record, wrote and rec wrote the entire record in about four months because mm -hmm. we weren't even planning on doing this record like when we did it. Um, we only reason we did it was because um, all of our tours got canceled, including one mm -hmm. to the West West Coast in Japan. And we had tickets to L.A. and we're, we said, fuck it, let's just use these tickets and fly to L.A. and record with this producer that we really wanted to work with. And then we wrote. Yeah, we started writing uh, and wrote it all very quickly. But like, I mean, that's kind of our style is just having, so yeah, having just, deadlines. Yeah, I mean, it was like pretty quick, I guess. But it, it was songwriting, but we, we definitely had more time to like think out um to like plan out each song i think yeah um and also working with a producer like we've never really worked we've never worked with a producer where the this other person like has um something to say about our songs whereas like mm -hmm. our first our first album you know we recorded with our really good friend 
uh, James Riley. And like, you know, it was kind of just a thing that he wanted to do because he wanted to like get more experience in, in production. So like he, he had some little things to say here and there, but not like, you know, our producer Davey, who was like, I think this needs to be here at this point in the song or like, yeah, this chorus needs to be half as long. Yeah. Stuff like like that. someone who is a songwriter as well. And like, had a lot more to say so that was that was definitely something that i think added a lot to this album yeah and there was actually pre-production with this album where we like actually made demos of every song yeah sent them to davy our the producer and then he'd be like and then he would send us feedback and then we'd have like conversation yeah Yeah, so we like we're like whereas um the first record self-titled we just kind of we wrote the songs we played them a couple times live and then we went in the studio and recorded them mm-hmm. and that, that was it and yeah <laughs> I, I can personally I, I can definitely hear that the difference between the two of them the second one is more uh well thought like i feel like it's like the, the i didn't know that there was a producer in the second one and not on the first one but um it's definitely i personally my band when we worked with producers and when we worked without like i can hear the difference between like like for example, the song length, the, the length of the song, sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah, maybe you should cut it shorter a bit or like, oh, yeah. like your hook is this. Why don't you do it more than once? Like that's exactly, yeah. Stuff that like was... that, that you don't re- necessarily realize when you write, when it's your own songs and you have mm-hmm. it like on, like on your nose. Um, yeah, I'm, by the way, um, I have a lot of questions about um, Nice One, Asinine Aesthetic, what is this song about? And thank you, because now I know a new word in English. Asinine? <laughs> I, I've never heard Asinine before, so it's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I I kind of wrote this song. Um, I, I wrote the majority of this song, actually. Uh, it, it was way different. And when I first wrote it, it was very much like a like hivesy it kind of sound like a hive song like very power pop interface rock and roll um i wrote it it, it definitely changed a lot since we since then but um I, it was just like about seeing a lot of bullshit uh people um posting things online and like being very hypocritical it's just like bringing out this very this aesthetic that you present yourself and then just like seeing the bullshit that you are actually actually um and then so we um uh, we got asked to do the uh, Scott against racism com or uh, compilation that um, bad time records, Asian man records and Scott punk daily put out um, a year ago. And so this was the first song that we wrote and we wrote it for um, early, like as cat bite, we, we took the song and um, wanted to do it just because of like um, when we recorded the, the first version that's on that comp, uh, we re-recorded it on the album and it's much better, but the original version, uh, I like brought it to the band because it just made so much sense to what was going on, um, mm-hmm. w- during the summer of last year with like the Black Lives Matter movement and corporations and just like basically all these like corporations saying we support black people and then having extremely systemic racist things like uh you would see like you know cvs would be like we black lives matter and then donating like money to trump and like or you would see like white hair products are out on the shelves and like black hair products are like behind like a locked sen- up. locked to censor yeah. shit like that and like but also you would see 
also you would see like yeah if you go to like if you go to like a you know like a pharmacy store like black hair products would be under lock and key mm-hmm. or like have the thing where you when you where open it up there's a sensor or something yeah I, like yeah it's a lot it's, you see those in like uh like bigger cities and stuff like stuff you'll see it for like like other products that are like more expensive like do you i don't know weird like deodorants and stuff but then you would just like casually see it for like it started popping up for like things that are that should be just like essential items to and available to anybody yeah however it was clearly like yeah not the same for everybody yeah but then like also you have like veteran punks punk bands that are like staying completely quiet uh yeah. like, during this time and not like using their platform um or people that are like yeah it's just uh, the, it's, it's just, just about, about the people who are like per- being very performative um in their like allyship i guess just like claiming that they're one they're that they're one thing or they or they um are for one side however or si- fall silent like when it really matters mm-hmm. um and kind of just letting them know like you we see exactly who you are so yeah it's definitely the, like the one of the on, only like advertly political songs on the record it just kind of uh that's why like i want it first on the record like it's kind of like i i was looking back at um my um what was it i guess it was in my notebook i like made the track listing for the record back in um october and we recorded the record in november so like i had the track listing before we even had like any of the songs recorded and there was only one thing i switched on it but yeah that was like when we wrote that song like this is gonna be the first record song on the record um but yeah it it just it means it can mean so many different things but it's just it's basically about hypocrisy that you see especially with the internet and people hiding their face behind shit huh. is called what about call your bluff is it a little bit about the same thing in some ways um or is it about something more specific um i think call your bluff um is more about i mean it could be like if you're if you're reading it into it that way then i want you to be like yeah that's that's what it means to me because it's going to mean something different to everybody for me call your bluff is basically how you know, all my life I've wanted to be a musician and a performer and a singer and, and like, um, you know, thankfully I, I was blessed with parents who obviously my one parent was like basically a musician and wanted me to do that as well. And my mom has always been very supportive, but like a lot of times I've had even like teachers in, in music who were just like not... <laughs> even though they're teachers of music, I think because they probably wanted to be a performer Mm -hmm. as well. So they look down on you and tell you it's never going to happen for you. So like, you might as well become a teacher as well. Or like when I graduated school, my, my voice teacher, and I love her, she did a lot for me, but she was like, have you started like applying to like schools and like not schools, but um, like schools to teach. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, I, what did I come to school for? I came to school to be a performer, to learn how to better my craft, not to teach somebody. And like, I'm not knocking anybody who wants to do that, but like, that's never what I wanted to do. And I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't comforted by her, you know, automatically before I even graduated being like, you better start doing that now. Like, so you can have a job. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much what that song's about. It's like to everybody who ever had anything to say about what I chose to do with my life. It's a big fuck you. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, definitely a fuck you song. <laughs> yeah. To the people who doubt you and shit. Cool. It's and, fun. And, 
And then the next one, uh, excuse me, miss, you're talking about a list, like, uh, where do I fall uh, on this? What, what list are you talking about? Like, on, <laughs> on, on, like, the, like, it, like, in general, like a list, or is it something yeah. more specific? I guess it would be like a to-do list. Well, I mean, the whole, the <laughs> whole like point of the song is like um, being like in a, an unsure relationship with someone. Like, am I actually like your number one? Am I actually important to you? Or are you just like leading me on? Using me for your, you know, your gain or whatever you'd be using someone for. Like, yeah, it's just basically about overthinking an unsure relationship. Um it's, it's like, am I just like another person like on your list or like, do you actually care for me? Um, like whether it's, I mean, it's in the literal sense of the song, it's like a romantic relationship yeah. where it's not like a hundred percent committed, like monogamous relationship, but like also like, you know, it could be, I don't know. And just like, you know, losing sleep and losing your fucking mind over it instead of directly communicating and just like is, is yeah. it about like a past story or something <laughs> uh yeah mm -hmm. ki yeah kind of yeah for like both of us um so, okay cool yeah so. awesome and um you mentioned you you um you work with a producer what's what's his name uh davy warsop um he he has a studio called strong studios in long beach california um he so i know him i've been following his work for a long time he he plays in a band called sharp shock um they're like a really cool like kind of like 70s punk type thing um he used to be in this really cool like soul garagey like power pop band that it was called suede head and it was very like elvis costello -y, the jam um oh, nice. and his and then he he also he used to run uh, the Hurley studios, like Hurley brand, um, like the skateboarding or whatever brand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they had like a studio out in California and he used to run that and he would, he's worked on so many awesome records and like, just, just his songwriting and like his production. It's like, and also that he's not a ska guy was kind of like the, the perfect thing. Cause like, I, I personally yeah. like, I like working with, um, you know, engineers and producers that are outside of the genre um, and are leaning into something that's like similar, but also like, you know, uh, more on the pop side because they can kind of bring in that outside like perspective. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that was huge for us because like we, we very easily could have like, we know so many amazing like producers and engineers that are in like the ska scene. But mm -hmm. I feel like if we were, to work with them it would kind of close us off into this little ska world yeah, where it's definitely. like and like we're very we are like which isn't i mean that's not a terrible thing no, but it's, it's definitely it's, just we like when we play shows we like to have like a, a very mixed bill if we can like we don't want it to be ska band ska band ska band yeah we want it to be different genres so that everybody can experience something maybe new for somebody you know yeah and like yeah we i mean like our music is very all over the place and like I mean, obviously we're a like ska band, but like, I mean, I listen to everything from hardcore to like power pop and fucking everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, it, it kind of makes us more, um, I guess, accessible to people. Yeah, that de definitely. I, it makes so, me think that I, I grew up in a very small town, very far away from Montreal. And I started booking shows when I was 14. And back then I had a ska band, but 
I booked shows with like whatever bands that I could book. So it was like yeah. a hardcore band, a punk band, a ska band. Yeah. And it was just like people would show up because it was alternative music. Like for them, it was just like going to a show and having having a good time. Yeah. But it, yeah. Uh, I love that. Kind of wish it was a little bit more like that. Maybe next next puzo we should mix up a bit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh yes. That, that could be cool. That could be cool. Um. <laughs> There's a, I saw on, on Twitter, there's a random dude that uh, wanted you to change the lyrics of your song. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was Ooh. funny as shit. I like, I woke up, I like, also I, I want to say, I, I want to say he said the eight bar intro is not necessary. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, and when I read it, I was like, oh, maybe he's right. And then I listened to it and I was like, no, it's totally short. It's yeah. not like it's long. It's so it's short. Like, like yeah. it's so short. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny too, because um me and our drummer uh Chris, we both were like, wait, is it even eight bars? Like we had to go back and listen to it. Because yeah. we were like, we wanted I, I him, we wanted to thing. go back and be like, he's wrong. It's not even I eight bars. I wanted to just like... respond and be like, it's 12 bars, <laughs> yeah. dickhead. Yeah. We just didn't respond. It's just like, I mean, I wasn't mad about it. I was I was just I was a little mad about it. I like woke up. It was just an annoying thing to have to read because yeah. he was like being complimentary at first, but then, or start started off and with he, this stuff and then saying like, great album. I don't know. It was so like yeah. up, and, up and down. And it was like, I don't even have yeah. the time. And he's American. Say, it's an American, is he? Probably. I, yeah, I think so. I think only, that an, sounds... only an American would have something to say like that. Yeah. Because people in Germany, do you know the German compliment? What's that? It's a, it's a thing in Germany. Like they tell you, like for example, you play a show and they're like, "Great set, I'll fucking love your band." The last song sucked, but the rest was good. And it was it's like what? <laughs> like, what? They're, 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 they're like very blunt, and they're telling you like good thing and then a bad thing, and you're like, "Uh, are, yeah. thank you." I yeah, guess. it's like how do I re- how do I yeah. react? So many emotions at once. Yeah. Is that a real? Are they trying to be funny? Or that's no like idea. no I mean, idea. I honestly like if they're gonna say like I didn't like it, that's one thing. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. But like the, for him wanting to us to go back, re-record, re-record. change the fucking lyric yeah. to something that he thinks this guy with a hundred followers more, thinks is better. More, it would be more badass. Yeah, the, like badass. that's just like the definition of like mansplaining. Like <laughs> so it's like who the fuck are you, dude? Like. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, I just like couldn't stop thinking about. It. I'm like, should I just post this shit on Twitter? I feel like Twitter would get a laugh, and yeah, it blew the fuck laugh. up. And like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's not like, and it was also funny to see like two people being like, I don't see what's wrong with it, and then I click on their profile on Twitter, and it's like, like you know, forty year old white man who has a radio show, and it's like, oh no, fucking way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was I've funny. I've been uh, singing in French. I have like a solo project where I sing in French because in Quebec here, if you sing in French, then you can get on the radio, like the big radio stations here. Cool. And, and, uh, and that works for me. And But it's funny, the message that they sent me, like, oh, like, for example, the eight bar intro uh, like thing, they told me to cut one of my song and I did it because I did not mind at all. I was just like, they were going to pass my song on the radio if the, the intro was shorter. And I was like, sure if yeah. it's gonna be everywhere in quebec yeah. like yeah. fuck oh, it yeah. let's do it like yeah but then when i saw this guy I was like 
this guy has no reach no way like yeah. no, no. Way. <laughs> why, why would we ever be like you know what you're right you're on to something bro you should just be in the band how about yeah, you you're be hard. in the band you're yeah. the next producer yeah <laughs> fuck. So fuck that silly. other producer we're gonna get a new one yeah <laughs> this Let's guy from probably jersey or something i think he was from california oh. all right <laughs> Um, is there ever going to be a Slipknot Machine Gun Kelly cat bite tour? Whoa. Well, I just found out that, that Machine Gun Kelly is like, uh, did some, has some like pedophilia shit or like not, not even like, like he didn't actually, but That's like. That's not surprising. I didn't hear about that, but I'm well, honestly not. After I, I did that tweet was like, I think we tweeted something like, um, it's like, what the, why are you, why are bands still fucking cheating right now? Like this is silly. And then someone's like, oh, well actually this. And I'm like, I guess he like some of his lyrics were like weird towards like underage girls, which I had no idea about. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I don't like that. So maybe we'll tour with Slipknot. I'll tour with Slipknot. That'd be sick as fuck. Yeah. I would tour with Slipknot. Yeah. They're probably the nicest guys. Yeah. We got, um, you got fucking, uh, Jay Weinberg's our new drummer, fucking guy, uh, Max Weinberg's son Mm -hmm. from Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. We got cool masks. We got cool masks. Maybe maybe they're gonna let you wear their masks. They probably they smell. Kinda... I don't think we I want. We probably just wear our masks. Yeah, we got this cool. If we can yep. get if we can get three more of these masks, uh, then maybe we, we found can this do... at a Target oh. in the produce section. Someone once. like picked it up it's and like, they didn't want it anymore. But it was like... on sale for literally like four dollars. But yeah. before wow. when yeah, it was on, yeah, it's really creepy and the mouth opens and everything. Yeah, we found it. So we were at a, at Target like maybe five five six years ago. And I was like looking for toilet paper or whatever. And I turn around and Brit's just wearing that mask in the middle of the aisle and like opens the mouth. Like, cause like when you open your mouth, the mouth opens on it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I knew it was her. Cause like no one else is, is you know, fucking target. But uh, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Where'd you find it? And she's like, I found it with the tomatoes. And I was like, what? with the tomatoes? Yeah. It was just sitting there like in the produce section just by itself. Um, and then we looked at the price. I'm like, we should get it. And then, uh, I'm like, she was like, can we get it? I'm like, this is not, it's probably expensive. And the tag was like $60 and then it was crossed out. And then it was like $4. Mm-hmm. It was on sale. And we're like, oh, we Honestly. have to, we have to get this. And Wish then, there was more of it. But yeah. And we, <laughs> it's we just been chilling. And then like the first couple music videos that Catfight did, it's like featured, it just like has an appearance in it. And then I, I kind of keep working it into some new music videos, but everyone awesome. gets really freaked out by it. I know. I it's it. pre- <laughs> now we're at the part where we're gonna talk about creativity. The question I ask to everyone that comes to the podcast is, uh, what is your definition of creativity? Like, if you had to describe creativity to someone who's never heard of the word, like an alien that would come to earth and they'd be like, yeah, we humans, we're like creative people. And the aliens would be like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, how would you explain what creativity is? I would personally say like, um, it's like your individual, uh, shit, I had something in my head and then it just went away. Uh, like personal thoughts expressed in a, in a public way, I guess. Um, or like, yeah, I guess it's kind of just like any sort of expression of like personal emotions or feelings or thoughts. Um, 
like, you know, produced in some sort of public physical form, whether it's, you know, music, drawing, uh, singing, art, uh, building a house. I don't know. It's just like something that you kind of, um, something like that is formed in your brain and then, is produced yeah i guess that's, that's... I, I would say i mean I, I would say that too something that like a feeling that comes over you where it's so strong that you have to present it in like a physical way um but i don't think it has to be so much like a public thing because someone can be creative at home and no one no you know no one might ever see it like well i mean like i'm not really public i mean just like you mean you mean physical like something physical like, yeah more like physical than a yeah. world yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so like yeah i think i i agree with that something like like this overwhelming feeling of something that makes you makes you have to present it or express it or to i was gonna say create it but like yeah something that that it's just like such a strong feeling of inspiration or whatever that you have to like put it out into the world somehow The production of something formed in your brain. Okay. How's that? That's pretty good. That's cool. That's simple. That's pretty good. Simple. (laughs) I love it. Do you think everyone has a creative potential? Yeah. I think so. A hundred percent. But definitely. Do you think some people, like if you would take someone that does not have like a creative lifestyle, that's how I would call it. Do you think it would be possible for this person to like switch to being a more creative person? And if so, how, how do you get from like being not a creative person to some? Um, I feel like it's kind of like, I mean, it definitely comes a lot easier to some people than others, but I feel like it's something that would take practice. So like, if, if it's something that you don't, that doesn't naturally occur for you, then, but you want it to, then you would like focus on it and 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 put more time into it so that you can come up with something like my mom is not a very creative person at all but she started writing a book which i think is pretty creative really mm-hmm. it's, about, uh, it's about her life um she's got a crazy awesome. life yeah she does have like a pretty wild life but to me like writing she's a very smart person so like reading and writing is something for me that doesn't seem very creative but like because that's like what she knows and is good at it's Mm -hmm. creative for her you know yeah Yeah. definitely yeah i think i think uh definitely just confidence and repetition really like i think everyone is creative um definitely uh i think it's it's mostly you know, a lot of people are creative in their head and like things come to them and they don't have the means to express it mm-hmm. or the That's confidence to express it. Yeah. Um, like just going back to me, like I've, I've been a musical person my whole life, but like I only just started writing songs like within the past, you know, five, six years. And because I, and like, I kept them to myself for a very long time. And like, I never really showed people my songs. And then like, once I gained more confidence and was around people that were like, that I knew I could be like, you know, share this stuff with, then I'm like, all right, cool. You like it. And then like, turns out a lot of people like the shit I make. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's, it's practice. It's, it's just practice, practice. Of putting it out and it becomes easier as you do it. Yeah. And it's just kind of finding the right outlet and just, yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of that's a good one. finding yeah. exactly how you want to express that creativity. Cause mm-hmm. then, you know, the, you, there might be people that are like, more creative um 
with like you know nerdy shit like creating apps or like yep. doing like mm-hmm. you know like coding and stuff like that's extremely creative mm-hmm. um in a different and, way in a way different way and it's like maybe they not they don't know that they're good at that until they kind of get introduced to it and then it's like oh this is this is my my jazz you know <laughs> fucking apps on oh, apps nice. half price apps <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what what job uh do you do you do do you have like a i'm assuming you have like day jobs what what do you do yeah <laughs> i'm a bartender <laughs> oh you're yeah it's sick. You got, i'm like yeah we have jobs yeah um <laughs> i'm i'm a bike mechanic for the the bike share in philadelphia so like you guys have your huge bike share in in montreal yeah. we have um yeah we have the one in philadelphia i'm a bike mechanic for them cool. it's pretty chill so and do you think uh as a bike mechanic and as a bartender do you think there's a uh, some creativity in your job or do you do you not think that your job do you think that your job is not creative and that you the creative aspect of your life is when you play music or when you do art or um I write a lot of songs at work because well it's cool because like my job I <laughs> shut my fucking brain off and like I do all like band shit at work and like and like write email do all the emails and stuff and like i'll because i'm like really good at my job and i've been there for so long so i just like do a bunch of shit turn my brain up and then i'll like answer some stuff on email with with cat by stuff or like write some songs or like write lyrics and stuff but like that's kind of cool like i'm that's why i like that job is because i don't have to use my brain at all like all i'm doing is just fixing these goddamn bikes and then also i have like terrible adhd so i'm just like also like making weird shit like out of just like hanging on the like if you look at my bench at work like there's like a window and there's like there's just shit everywhere just like i get like weird and like there's a box carved into a jack-o'-lantern hanging from my light that i made the other day i'm just like constantly like i don't know but it's cool like i like not having a creative job i mean i guess because it's just the same shit over and over again especially because it's the the same yeah. bike it's not like but i'm working cool. on like yeah it's cool because yeah. you you use that like free like uh i don't know free mental time to yeah be creative mm-hmm. like yeah. some people would do exactly what you would do but they would just think of like i don't know like <laughs> waffle house and yeah no yeah it's um it's definitely yeah and like i don't know i think it's it's a really good job to like you know is, is there a waffle uh, is there a waffle house in philly or like nearby non non philly there's um there's in the suburbs no not even the suburbs there's one in allentown uh about an hour way. north yeah but, mo- but that's like two and a half hours away. that's an hour away yeah. but like pretty much <laughs> like south of pennsylvania that's where they are like everywhere mm-hmm. i feel like that because that's like the mason dixon line you know north of pennsylvania or pennsylvania north is like the north and then south of pennsylvania is like the south and like maryland virginia mm-hmm. everywhere yeah cool um <laughs> so we go to the waffle house uh discussion <laughs> uh but brit what, what about you <laughs> with your bartender uh job what do you, do you are you creative a bit when you I don't know when you make cocktails or stuff or do you um i mean yeah like that that part of bartending is definitely some some place that allows you to be creative so that's that's really cool but a lot of times because you're dealing with like people it's almost more like networking kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so i meet a lot of like 
cool and interesting people, but it's, it's hard for me to like, if I'm like focused on like creating this, like, um, I don't know, like relationship with like the guests, it's hard for me to like separate that and like try to be creative at the same time. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, because I'm so like front facing with everybody that my brain is just like doing that. So it doesn't like it, like your job allows you time to like not do anything like that. But my brain is constantly having to like, Mm -hmm. how are you, how is this person doing? How can I help this person? Let's have a conversation. Cause obviously I'm trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit more difficult for me to be creative. But then you um, also sometimes bartend at a music venue, which that's, that's can be inspiring. That's shit. that's the other thing. So like I work at well, I work at three different places. Two of them are venues. So I love bartending at a venue because I do I get to just like see a show while I'm you know working, which for me is great because like I can either if it's a band that I've always wanted to see, I can like request to work that show or something, and then I get to see this band, or it could be like a you know, a band that I've never heard of and I just like get to see and maybe they do something really cool on stage and I'm like, damn, like maybe I want to try that next time I'm on stage or like yeah. the music is like, so a song is really awesome and, I'm, and then I learn like of a new band and new music and so that for me is really cool. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, yeah. my, my last question is, would you have any tips for people who are listening right now and who are like in a creative rut and they want to get out of there and they want some tips to be more creative whatever their creation is what what would the tips be what would the tips you would give um i think my tips would be because i've definitely been in like creative ruts where i'm just like oh i i there's nothing i have nothing i'm not inspired i don't know what's going to make me be inspired but like literally just sitting down and making yourself do it like have to make yourself do yeah. it even if you feel like there's nothing going to come out like just try you have to try otherwise what well what what could what worse could happen like you don't yep. come up with something or you come up with something mm-hmm. it's but but you won't come up with something if you go and just like sit down and go do something else you know yeah no that's that's 100% like what i would say as well um like i feel like pretty much every song i've written i most of the songs I write or like shit like that. I just like have a tiny idea in my head and I'm just like, as soon as I have time, I'm just like, all right, sit down. I like open up garage band, get my guitar and just like, just fucking just go at it for an hour. And then usually I end up with a song and like, it's just kind of, and that's just, just for that. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's just like, you know, specifically for music, but like the same thing happens. Like I had to do, we're, um, doing this compilation thing um and they're like you need a uh, insert like lyrics and stuff and like make get creative with it make make like artwork and i'm like they sent an email the other day it's like oh this is due in like two days i'm like oh fuck so i just like sat down yesterday 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 mm-hmm. and i'm like i have to do this it's due tomorrow i mean deadlines help i guess <laughs> get, they get Deadline, your ass in yeah, here definitely. um they do help right? yeah like i sat down and like spent an hour and i'm like oh shit this is really cool and um yeah it's just it's most yeah like put your fucking fo- throw your phone away unless it has notes like lyrics on it then don't you need those but like um that's yeah that's a big thing just hide your phone from yourself um like put oh, it in the different a, that's such a, a good idea yeah 
Yeah, uh, that might be the best thing, actually, I could ever suggest. Well, that's why, like, I know you take a lot of notes on your phone, but, like, I try, if I can, to, like, write down pen and paper. Like, I have, like, I'll... I have, like, a notebook of music, of, like, where I write music and stuff, because I, I mean, first of all, I always really liked writing, like, pen to paper kind of mm-hmm. thing. Just, like, makes me feel good for yeah. some reason. Um, But it's also just, like, if you're not looking at your phone and you just put it away and you have pen and paper, it's a hundred percent going to be a better time than you constantly yeah. looking at your phone. Cause maybe you're looking at your notes and then you're like, well, I, mean, I, I see, I got an email. Let me check yeah. Email. As soon as you see that little notification yeah, game over. Oh, yeah. So yeah, distractions are like definitely the worst. Like take yeah. your dog for a walk, get him tired. So he's not crying at you, <laughs> throw your phone away and just sit down and do the thing. And that like, that's probably the best thing I could I could ever suggest. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant idea. I should do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for participating in that podcast. It was very interesting to talk with you. Uh, do you have any future projects? Uh, people like things people should check out in the future. Um. Just. I mean, right now, just uh, we're gonna be announcing a lot of shows. Um. So just look out for that. Lots of cat bite coming to you in a city near you. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you uh, hopefully in Canada soon. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye.